It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden. Wingstop, 20 piece. See, he drums only. This team on flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. I can always do work, bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Round six, pick 200. I can always get work. All right, it is the Back Judge Podcast. The three boys back together again in person, NPR style. I literally walked in to the house this morning. Side door unlocked. Yelled hello to not scare Carla. Came up, came up into Lee Murray's room. He's fast asleep with a feline in his in his bed. Yes, sir. What, what's the what's the story there? My cat knew. My new cat found her on the street in Detroit uh, when we were Tommy and I were doing a little little work for an upcoming project that we don't need to divulge too much information about. But uh, in Detroit, and uh, this cat keeps following us. And uh, you know, I got room in my apartment. And I'm, I'm, I'm searching for a friend. This is a clearly a street cat. Um, followed us around nonstop, and I, uh, I took it. I took the cat home, got, got it checked up with the vet, and uh, it's now a, a loving member of my family. New. And if the person who formerly owned this cat is listening by any chance, you missed your opportunity. <laughs> it's gone. You, it's, it's ours You now. didn't chip her. <laughs> and, uh, you know. You left her out. She's happy now. That's all I have to say. She's happy She's with me. She's found a home. How old? How old is new? Uh, year. Year in January. All right. Yeah. Well, a welcome development. I love to see that. Yes. You know, animal friends, furry friends. Always, uh, always great to have. But uh, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, boys, and that means we have uh, we have football. Two of these games are terrible. I guess. Well, not terrible, but a little yeah. worthless. Yeah. The other one is is pretty good, but let's. Uh, Start with one of the more worthless ones, Bears at Lions. Might be the David Blau show. I hope it is. I hope so too because uh, they traded away. Well, they I mean they cut Chuck Wash for him essentially, which was a questionable is, is, move. Is the way I look at that yeah. move, <laughs> and I believe they traded a seventh round pick to Cleveland for him. Let's see what the kids got. Yeah, let's man. I mean, Tommy and I are gonna be uh, in Ford Field at the game. Looking forward to that one, but. You know, it's sad, man. It's sad. It's not. I I did not think that this would be the state that the Lions or even the Bears necessarily would be in by this game. And uh, the fact that we're here, um, you know, it's it's bitter. And uh, hopefully they can at least put up a good show on Thanksgiving and not let Mitch come to Ford Field. And I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Lions. Mitch ain't winning that game. It ain't happening. <laughs> there's prophecy on the line. It's, it's in the prophecy. So. You know, there's not really much to say. I, I think and hope the Lions will win. And um, two teams that, you know, the NFC North has kind of been decided at this point, And these are the two teams that have not really uh, asserted themselves enough to be in that conversation. So, yeah, um, I'm, I mean, I'm leaning Bears here. I just have to pick them just because of the defense and the fact that, uh, you know, even if Mitch and, and Driscoll are somewhat, somewhat cancel each other out, uh, I just think that this this Bears team just has a little bit more going for them. I would love to see the Lions win. Um, I definitely think this is going to be a an under special. It's at thirty eight. I think this is a low scoring game that uh, is kind of ugly, but it's not going to be ugly for us. We're going to be we're going to be loving it. We're going to be loving life uh, live. But uh, I, I like I like the Bears. No guarantees. <laughs> I like the Bears close in a, in a low scoring affair. Uh, Seventeen thirteen Bears. The, the Bears have some weird uh, stuff going on in terms of 
like their players and in, in the media. Tariq Cohen had this whole thing about doesn't like when the fans boo them at, at home, and then uh, Akeem Hicks hung up on uh, my old radio station. Really? Oh, ESPN wow. 1000, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Tom Waddle and Mark Silverman, my, my boys there, uh, hung out with them a few times in, in the studio, and uh, they're, they're great men. And uh, Akeem Hicks took a, took a joke the wrong way and hung up the phone. Wow. So, uh, you know, it's it's been uh, an interesting few weeks for the Bears and, and the and the media, for sure, in Chicago. So, they, I mean, they just, at this point, they just know their season's unraveled after they told everyone that this is the year where they take that next jump. And uh, I think a lot of them are just kind of coming to terms with that fact. And there's, I mean, these are just two teams that are at the bottom of their division. And I actually saw a tweet that this is one of the most watched uh, regular season games of the year. Yeah. The Lions Thanksgiving oh, wow. game really? is, yeah. Well, and so it's, it's always just, the first game, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just because people are at home and they're like, Dinner's not on, on yet. Yeah. Let's just put the game on. You know, let's just put the game on. <laughs> and so uh, when when they put that game on, they're going to find uh, Jeff Driscoll or David Blau going up against Mitch Trubisky. So I'm rolling with the Lions just purely because of my prophecy that Trubisky will never win at Ford Field. He kisses titties. We eat ass, right? That, that's, that's, that's the Detroit mantra. Um, and so let's go to let's go to Dallas. Tommy, are you confident in the Cowboys beating the Bills in GI World? Uh, I am confident in them winning. Uh, you know, I don't know. They're six and a half point favorites. I don't know if I, I, I'm that confident, but I definitely think that, you know, the Bills are a team that I've been calling fraudulent, and I don't want to really take anything away from them because this is a team that's, that's really well coached, has a really good defense, and, and Josh Allen is, uh, I made the comparison last last podcast, and I like it. He's, he's kind of like a young young Cam Newton. Maybe not the same athlete that he was, but a guy that's really going to lean with his, with his legs first and, and can extend plays, but really has uh, trouble throwing downfield, and that's something we we all kind of had the same you know opinion on Josh Allen and what we've seen from him in these past uh, two years of him starting. But he's just not a guy that really strikes fear into me. Um, even though the Cowboys' defense, I think, has been pretty disappointing this year overall, um, this is going to be a nice test for them. I mean, this is a, a team that is playing really well and definitely kind of has a high floor and and has won a lot of. A lot of games that they probably hadn't won in uh, in years past, but this is a game the Cowboys got to win. Um, Lee Lee's been talking about it. I think we've all been talking about it. Philly, they're they're in direct competition with Philly, who they got next week, and they got Miami this week. So there's no uh, you know they can't afford to really lose any of these games. And Dak is playing at a really high they level don't have right Philly now. Next week, they, they play Chicago next week because it's the they have the Thursday game this week, so it's in uh, yeah, so it's in two weeks. Just FYI, I didn't mean to yeah. cut you no, off. No, 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 no worries. Yeah, but I, I mean, I can wrap it up really. I just uh, the Cowboys. Uh, you know, we're the game last week in in New England was uh, was disappointing. Um, you know, I I like now that the public is, or at least the, the the media is really putting pressure. I think on on Jerry, and Jerry seems to be not as uh, you know content with with the head coaching situation, and he sees the talent that they have on this roster, and you know the fact that. Uh, the, the Cowboys, their real only quality win is is that game against the Eagles. They they've struggled against teams that are. And I mean, you have to question whether that's even a quality win exactly. too. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, quote unquote quality win. They're um, like the worst good team. Yeah. In the NFL, probably. Yeah. Like of of the teams that are holding their head above water, mm-hmm. they're probably ranked last. Yes. But I, I mean, again, that's an interesting point, though. Would you rank them like, like Lee? I don't. Would you rank the Cowboys I was just ahead say of the, the Bills? Bills? Are the worst good team. 
The Bills are the worst good team, and I'm and I'm gonna. So this is the battle of the two worst good teams in the NFL. And I'm gonna be stubborn and say it like I don't regret picking Denver last week. That was ridiculous. Denver had 80 passing yards in the game. It was just like there was no. The Bills get no credit for that. There was the, the Bills get credit for it, but it's like there were opportunities there that other offenses that were way better would have taken advantage of, or not even way better that were just better would have taken advantage of, and. Fine, yeah, I could probably give the Bills credit for being a really good team against teams they should beat. They always win, and you have to give teams credit for that because that's mm-hmm. all not always an easy thing to do. See the Cowboys playing the Jets or something like that. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. I honestly have kind of been, you know, not flip-flopping because I haven't really made a decision, but I just said it. You know, I haven't really made a decision on who I would pick in this game. I think I'm going to take the Cowboys just because they're at home, and, and they really are. Um, I think they need a win a little bit more than the Bills do. They need a Definitely. notable win a little bit more than the Bills do. Um, does that mean they're going to win? I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But but I think the Cowboys ultimately are going to uh, protect the house in this one. And, and uh, you know, I mean, if the Bills win this game, they're they're 9-3, and three, you know, and, and, and this would be their best win of the year probably. So Yeah. I think they know. would pretty much cement. I mean, they, they already are pretty firmly in the wild card they're spot. They're in the wild. Unless they lose out, they're yeah. in the wild card spot. So and you got a Jets team on the other side who's playing some good football and has a favorable schedule. So that's still a lot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bills lose out, Jets win out. Uh, <laughs> that that, that Lee Murray run would have had to start a, a few weeks earlier, weeks earlier, I think. Yeah, a couple that? weeks earlier. Um, let's go to the the Falcons and Saints, the the Thanksgiving night game. The Falcons' dream run has, has ended last week at home to the Buccaneers. We're really hoping for them, you know, to maybe pull nine in a row out of the bye, but I think they've kind of returned to to what they were and, and the Saints are coming to town and kind of another scenario where where the home crowd, just like the Lions, isn't gonna to be too pleased with the way that the team performed and the Saints are a far superior opponent to the Bears. So this one could uh, potentially get ugly uh, in Atlanta, but that is not to say that the Saints haven't had their own issues in, in recent weeks. I mean, they pulled out the win last week, but almost blew what was, I think they were up 34 to 18 yeah. in the fourth quarter, yeah. and they blew the lead essentially, and it came down to a, a game ending field goal that even had issues with, with Carolina. Carolina even, missed even, a couple extra points, yeah, I missed mean, a crucial field goal. It was, yeah. So, I mean, they should have. To quote Tommy, they should have lost yeah. that that game. But I mean, hey, they, here they are, and I think the Saints are still one of the better teams in the NFC. I almost think they're somewhat of a forgotten team when you look at that playoff picture. Everyone talks about San Francisco, Seattle, uh, Green Bay, and I think teams really are just overall people are kind of forgetting about about the Saints because maybe they're not so flashy or I mean, even a guy like. Um, Mike Thomas isn't getting really a lot of publicity for for the great seasons he's having. So I think the Saints are going to win this one fairly easily. I'd say by double digits. Yeah, I think the Saints will take care of business. Um, I think that people aren't respecting the Saints as much because they're seeing you know a, a decline in Drew Brees' play. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think they're seeing a little bit of a of a an offense that can hang up 14 on you in two possessions and then still have 14 points in the fourth quarter. So, like, you know, like, they they don't really know what they're going to get with this offense. And that being said, I'll, I'll take the, the page out of Collins' book and say the last two games the Saints have disappointed in, you know, with between Atlanta and Carolina. These are divisional teams. These are teams that coaches that have seen Sean Payton's tricks for, you know, the past seven years or, or four years or whatever it is. So it is a bit harder to coach against those teams. 
But uh, still, I really would like to see the Saints kind of, they're going to have a few opportunities upcoming. I think they host the Niners and the Colts within the next few weeks yeah. where they're going to have opportunities to kind of assert themselves as, uh, as you know, uh, the, one of the best teams in the NFC and maybe be playing for a bye spot. But yeah, I like the Saints. Yeah, I got to lean the Saints as well. They are live for that first or second seed. Um, but yeah, we saw it two weeks ago, right, when they played Atlanta. And uh, I, the, what I said on the podcast for that week was, you know, the Saints are competing with, with San Francisco and Seattle and all the teams that are at the top of that NFC. And they can't really afford to, to lose any of these games, especially if, you know, they're going to drop ones of some better teams. And like you said, Lee, these divisional games are tough. They're familiar with their opponent. Uh, they, the team, the opposing team doesn't really want to give up. Uh, you know, they don't want to give up a, an easy game to a, a division opponent, which you got you got to expect. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I got to expect the Saints to come out and win. The Falcons, um, I think I, we saw last week with a team like Tampa Bay, who has one of the better offenses in the NFL, and the Saints, I think, do too. Um, it kind of shows you that if if, Matt, if they're not going to be going score for score with you, and especially the Saints defense, I think, has been one of the better units in the NFL this year, much better than Tampa Bay. So uh, I just think Matt Ryan hasn't, you know, the, the Falcons have been one of the bigger disappointments. We don't need to harp on that for much. And I just don't think that they are playing at a level right now where they can compete, compete in the shootout with the Saints. So I'm with you boys. i got to roll Saints as well. Let's go to Titans and Colts. Now a very interesting game. Both of these teams sitting at 6-5 and five after losing. Uh, the, the Colts lost their game last week, and the Titans beat the Jags. And, they're only one game back of the of the Texans in, in the standings. The Texans aren't exactly a, a powerhouse team that is you know going to go and run the table the rest of the way. I, I don't think. And this, I mean, this should be a really really interesting game. It is in Indianapolis, so the Titans don't have to worry about their streak against the Colts at home or whatever it is. But I don't know if does that even extend to the to Lucas Oil. I know the Titans have a, have a horrible horrible history that in recent years of playing, uh, or the Titans have a horrible history playing the Colts. So. We'll see. The Colts disappointed me last week. I really thought that they were going to win that game in, in Houston, and it wasn't even exactly too close. And I, I just think that I'm going to ride with the Colts for one more week. Just, But, I mean, Tannehill's been on a heck of a run, and you can't deny that. He's been the hot hand. It's almost like, why hasn't this guy been starting earlier in the season, if not even week one? So... I don't. I mean, I don't know exactly. I don't have a great feel of this game. I wouldn't bet on it at all. But it's, uh, you know, and I'm just gonna roll with the the Colts. But it it could go either way. Yeah, I, I got to give credit to Tannehill because what he's been doing is awesome. But right when I think that I won't be seeing the Titans compete for that wild card spot, right when I think when I feel like my whole NFL fandom career that the Titans sneak into the wild card at like eight and eight or nine and seven and then lose in disgusting fashion in the first round. I thought I was going to be able to avoid that this year. Apparently not. Um, yeah, I mean, the Titans are a new team with Tannehill at the helm, and uh, they definitely have won, you know, some between Kansas City and then uh, uh, Jacksonville. Those are two games that they, you know, Kansas City is obviously a really notable team to beat, and then Jacksonville, the, the fashion that they beat them in, those are two really impressive wins, and uh I just think I may have a little bit of a beat on, on this AFC South right now, and I don't think the Colts are going to lose two in a row, and I don't think the Titans are going to win three in a row. So I'm taking the Colts at home to kind of keep this AFC South uh, chess match, you know, the way it's been going. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way about you guys. Um, I picked the Jags last week on the pod, and then in the morning in our in our pick, I'm, I switched to the Titans. I mean, this is 
I don't have a great read on on this division as much as I would like to think with the other divisions. Uh, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys said with Tannehill. I mean, he's obviously been an upgrade to this offense. This defense, I think, is, has always been pretty solid. They play hard for Vrabel. Harold Landry got to eight sacks. Knock on wood if you're with me. There we go. That's a prophecy. Judon's at eight too, baby. Judon's at eight too. Preseason. Or he might be at seven. I'm not sure. We set We're that there. bar a little higher for Judon. Yeah. <laughs> we set that bar a little higher. Um, yeah, I, I got to lean with the Colts too. Better coach, similar uh, similar quarterback play, and then I, I just kind of like the options the Colts got. Uh, you know, I just think they're a better team. Who you know, I wouldn't be shocked, of course, if the Titans win, but got to lean Colts and. And you guys are right. And the Titans, I don't think haven't they haven't played the Texans yet. If I, uh, if I, I'm I wouldn't be sure. surprised. I think I they, think may, they have. They, so may play them twice. They, the Colts and them are both six and five, and they're one game behind the Texans. So, um, this is this is going to be a pretty pivotal game for I mean both of these teams, and both of these teams are are pretty live in the wild card as well. With the you know the Raiders losing to the Jets, and this so. The, uh, that last wild card spot is very live, and it's going to be super interesting coming down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, the Titans play uh, the Texans in Week uh, 15 and Week 17. So wow. everything that they want to accomplish is, is right there in front yeah. of them. So this is definitely a pivotal game for them, and it should be interesting to uh, see what happens there. But let's go on to what is probably the best game of the week, and that's the 49ers flying cross-country to play Baltimore Ravens and, of course, Lamar Jackson. Both of these teams are coming off huge wins, seemingly. I think, I mean, the, the Rams aren't as good of a team, but just to see the Ravens absolutely trounce them was affirmation that the Ravens are actually, you know, that good. And I think the Rams, too, I think we'll get into them later, are that bad of, of, a, yeah. of a franchise. But this one is, is really interesting. I'm going to go with the Ravens just because I, I think I think both of these teams are – Definitely Super Bowl contenders. It would be foolish to, to say otherwise at this point, especially if the 49ers, I think, can get that home field advantage. They're going to be really set up well to have a chance to, to go to the big game. But flying across country to have to play the Ravens in Baltimore, I don't trust Jimmy G as much in that situation. And overall, I think the Ravens just are on a different kind of role right now. And that's, that's where I'm at with this game. I vowed not to uh, pick against the Ravens. Um, after the Patriots game. I vowed not to until they proved me that I should. And uh, they've done the exact opposite. And I'm going to pick the Ravens. I think that until someone, until I see somebody stop the Ravens, I'm not really going to believe that they can be stopped. In the back of my head, I do believe they can be stopped. I believe it's possible, obviously. But as of right now, no one is showing me that they can do it, um, at least since like week four or three. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the home team in the Ravens. Got to give credit where it's due with the Niners. Like, really looking forward to this matchup. Should be a really good game. Um, super interested to see the, the D-line versus Lamar matchup because as uh, improvisational and incredible Lamar has been, I think this might be the most athletic and and just dogs on that on that San Francisco D-line going after him. So Even guys like Fred Warner coming yeah, in from, from totally, linebacker. Totally. Too, interested know, to see that matchup. There. Um, yeah, I mean, these are two teams that are absolutely poised for Super Bowl runs. Uh, two, two of the, you know, the NFC and the AFC zone coach of the year, I would probably say mm -hmm. this year. And, um, yeah, can't say much more about the matchup, taking the Ravens, because why the heck not? Uh, they, they've proven me that they're the best team in the NFL. And that very well may be, you know, with the Niners in close second. Yeah, I kind of have to lean the Ravens as well, but I... The 49ers are six-point dogs. I kind of think I would lean them on the spread. I think this is going to be a, a close game. And 
I mean, I'm I kind of have the same logic as you, Lee. I'm not going to pick against the Ravens, especially at home, until I I see, um, you know what what a defense like the 49ers defense can do with Robert Sala and, and you mentioned the D line. Clep mentioned Fred Warner. That whole front seven, they have the tools, I think, to to shut down Lamar Jackson, quote unquote, if if that's possible this year. He's just playing on such a high level. Um, no one has been able to do it, but I think that this team has the personnel. Um, and, and all the tools to do it, I just can't, like Yuli, I just can't assume that's going to happen. Um, I really would like to pick the 49ers. Cause, and, and, and shout out to Jimmy G, who I think has been playing better um, after really not impressing for the majority of the season. I know the Packers' defense is maybe a little bit overhyped, but I was impressed by his ability to uh, the, the past couple weeks. The Cardinals, I guess, not as much, but he's kind of starting to get into a rhythm. This Ravens defense is has been great since they've got Marcus Peters, but has been shown to have been you know not as good in the past. I mean Baker put up forty on them, um, you know, at in Baltimore. So I think this is a team that definitely can be scored on. But I kind of am with you guys in the fact that I can't just uh, you know assume all of these factors on paper are going to come to fruition. And, and Lamar is just playing at such a high level. This offense is playing at such a high level. This whole team they kind of remind me of that that Panthers team when they're just kind of having fun and. You know they're not dabbing, but they're doing their their big trust stuff. Eagles, you know Eagles too, when they exactly. made the Super Bowl yep. run. Yeah, there's just a lot of good good momentum going there oh. too. And there's stuff about them. Even yeah, I know it's a lot of it is just due to Lamar Jackson's ability as a runner, but to run for two hundred average running two hundred yards a game. Yeah, in the NFL in 2019 is just nuts. And I think that kind of brings an advantage for them. That I mean, these teams aren't used to getting run on like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, is. They're also putting up the passing numbers to, to boot. They're also giving up 200 yards passing. But I think like the mental toll of just giving up that many yards just through the ground is it feels a lot different than like giving up like a 12 yard run is a lot different than giving up a 12 yard pass in kind of the psyche of a defense. I feel like especially today when everything is just pass, 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 yeah. and to just get your you know run down your throat is is got to yeah. be a little demoralizing when you're going against them. Well, and the whole dynamic of Lamar who is just who he is with the ball. And then you have Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards who are incredibly punishing and just the, the, the change of pace that they can do with those guys. It's just, it's so much to deal with, but I really like, you mentioned him club. I think Fred Warner is the X factor in this, in this game. He's been, he was really good last year as a rookie and is having a, a really great year that is kind of going unnoticed this year. And he's a super athletic guy who I think is going to be keen on Lamar the whole game. And, and that's going to be a great, great matchup. Make it up uh, for that Ruben pick. Yep. Something like that. Uh, Jets bangles, baby. Let's go. Let's go yeah. crazy. What What do you think the over under is on ticket prices for this one? Seven I, bucks, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I was I, I was gonna say thirteen. In that Navasit and Paul Brown Stadium. There were four bucks for the Lions skins game. Oh, Tickets going for four dollars last week. Um, you couldn't pay me money. To go that game. I saw a tweet of a Lions fan from London flying to that game. Yeah. I was, oh man, that's that is, value. That is uh, that well, is. Uh, He's more of a fan. Now. He just took that flight back. He took that flight back. Let's not forget. <laughs> it's a long one. Um, Jets are hot. Bengals are not. Dalton's back. I'm taking the Jets, I guess. This this game uh, is meaningless. The Jets hit their stride, Is that a haiku? Man. Did I make a haiku? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> a little bit. The Jets hit their stride. I've, if they, I was saying, you know, we, we get into the, the Tom, Tommy Murray if scenario. If they just beat Jacksonville and Miami, the two two games they definitely I think should have won, um, they would be a total playoff threat in my eyes right now. 
They've scored 34 points in all of their last three games. They completely just trounced the Raiders, which has kind of been the AFC's wild card darling thus far. And I think they're going into Cincy with some steam. Um, I, you know, I've said everything I need to say on this podcast about the Jets. I think they're proving their potential. Um, I obviously am going to pick them to win this game. But I do want to say, just to finish off, like Cincinnati, don't take Finley out. Don't start Dalton. What's the point? What's the point? Fine, Finley's not your quarterback of the future. It doesn't matter. I, there's no point to bring Dalton in. You're not trying to win games anyway. Finley was fine. He wasn't great, but the reps were helping him. And I think to just tug him out of that situation just because we, you know, maybe save face for the fans to not go 0 and 16. Um, I just think it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a lifeless move, and uh, I'm not with it. Does I'll ask both of you guys this. I know, and I know none of us were big on the Zach Taylor hire, but does what is happening in L.A., even in your mind, just make it worse? Not for me, because, I mean, I don't, I don't see that as much as a referendum on Sean McVay. I just think we all have the opinion of Jared Goff that we do, and this offensive line is just one of the, the worst units in the NFL. Obviously, McVay hasn't really been able to transcend that like he has in, in years past, but... I mean, when we get into the Ravens, you, the, the Jalen Ramsey move, their whole uh, you know front office philosophy that they've had, they're just kind of a, a, a franchise that really it looks like they missed their window. Um, and obviously McVay hasn't been great this year, but I think a lot of what made them great in the past was they had a good offensive line and McVay could really make a lot of those decisions for Goff. And when Goff senses pressure, he has been the boy king his whole career. And, and this whole year he's just been under pressure. So, um, But I mean... I definitely think that it goes to show you um, that, you know, even with a coach like Sean McVay, who was a wonder kid for the past, you know, two years, you still need a, a good team in place. And even if Zach Taylor is that, that wonder kid, the, the Bengals are, are similar. They don't have an offensive line. Uh, their defense isn't good at all either. So um, I guess it, it, it just goes to show you that you, you need personnel as well as, you know, the scheme. So I guess that's my takeaway. I don't know. I, I think that's almost a guy's in a way. And I do think it's worse with the Rams being bad. <laughs> I do. I think that you can't just hire somebody because, you know, they they were a McVay disciple. And you think that they had gonna, the same badge. Yeah, they both yeah. were able to get in the building and, and work gonna, together. And yeah. they're going to bring that to Cincinnati. Well, look at the team you have now. Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll say it. I'd, if I were a Bengals fan, I wish Marvin Lewis never left. <laughs> Seriously. I wish Marvin Lewis never left because that's your franchise right there. You're going to compete, and, and, and hopefully every three years you'll get a shot at the playoffs. And that's kind of what it was with Marvin Lewis. Maybe towards the end they were a little bit worse. But right now it's like, fine, Zach Taylor will buy himself another year because they had, didn't have the personnel. But I don't see this. I think this Bengals team is still two years away or so. Maybe, you know, maybe. If everything year, goes right. If everything yeah. goes yeah. right. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I think it's uh, – I, I don't like the whole, you know – Give him a break, you know, he's not got a great team. Or It's like some coach could coach the Bengals to a few wins. Well, look at the Dolphins, you know. You know the Dolphins have a worse team than the Bengals by far. And, and yeah. you know, Flores has gotten two wins out of them. And I think, just to go back to your point about Andy Dalton, we don't have to harp on it too long. I just think that just goes to show you how hard it is to, to quote-unquote tank in the NFL. It just, you guys, like, if you're looking, that's the, I think that's the only reason why they went back to Dalton. And I know, you know, in, on paper, that's like, why are you doing that? Why are you trying to win games? You know, and, and like, what's the point? I'm not saying, why are you trying to win games? It's just like, you made the move to start the backup. Yeah. 
right? You're, you were 0-11 when you made the move, or 0-10, whatever it is, when you made the move to start the backup, maybe 0-9. And you lose the two games of the backup, but he takes his blows. He doesn't make many great plays, but you're not getting blown the hell out. Like you're in what was it, Oakland and in, yeah. in in, in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. They're in these games. You know, he's throwing a few good balls. He's out there playing with confidence. He's a third round pick. You know, like you're seeing someone who may have a future as a backup, or and and looks like they can step in and, and play a little bit, save not having great arm strength, and you just. You know, you turn around and go right back to the starter because why? Well, what, if if players on the Bengals are coming into Zach Taylor's office and saying, "Listen, coach, we can't. We, we need. I want Andy back in. I want to keep trying to play to win." Da 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 da. Then there's that's something, and I don't know about that. But the way that it's positioned right now, get the younger guy more reps, let him improve more. The season's a wash. Dalton is in a contract year, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. He's not going to be your quarterback next year. It just seems like a very Kind of uh, discombobulated they, move. They obviously think that that was the difference in those close games against Oakland and, and Pittsburgh. They're well, probably thinking, well, if we had Andy in, those would be a couple wins. But I would, I would definitely differ. But for my my quick little handicap, uh, yeah, I'm riding the Jets as well. Uh, the offense is on fire. Darnold has proven that if he has time to throw, if their if their offensive line can give him more than you know two seconds to to have a, a pocket presence, he's a guy that can make a lot of plays. I think he played great against Oakland. Um, he's really starting to round into form. Um, and we asked the tough questions here. I'm going to ask the same question I asked six weeks ago. Last two drafts, all the quarterbacks, you got the number one pick. Who do you take? Last two drafts? 2018 yeah. and 2019. I mean, it's Darnold, Lamar, or Kyler. Yeah, I think it's Darnold. I think it's Darnold or, or Kyler for me. I mean, I, I, I still need to see. <laughs> I hate doing I'll take it. Lamar. You take Lamar? Yeah. You're on the Lamar? Yeah, 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 I'll take it. I mean, the thing with Lamar is I feel like he's gotten such great coaching and mm-hmm. he's gone such into a great environment in Baltimore. That's not to take – I mean, he needed the coaching to become the player that he is with the immense skill that he has. I'm not trying to say that he's like Goff or mm-hmm. McVay, like coach – Absolutely He's not, not like yeah. a system guy, but I, I think that, you know, Lamar definitely needed that environment around him to become successful like if Lamar goes to Cincy like is he yeah you know so uh, I I would say it with that caveat where I think Darnold will be good pretty much anywhere you put mm-hmm. him um, whereas Lamar would definitely need to go to teams like the Chiefs or the Saints or the Ravens or even like the Steelers where there's you know kind of a, a an environment of change or belief or open-mindedness compared yeah, well, to other other franchises yeah and really what i mean this is what because i remember when we were doing 2018 draft and we saw what deshaun watson was doing his rookie year they were doing a lot of the stuff that he did at clemson they were making it a point to incorporate a lot of like what he was comfortable with from college and that's when when in that 2018 draft i said hey like lamar I, I lamar was a better passer than josh allen i thought in terms of accuracy coming into that draft i mean obviously he's neither of them were great yeah Yeah. neither neither (laughs) of them were great but i i saw that like in in the rate you have to just give the ravens credit and i and that's i agree with you clep i just i need to see more from lamar especially after this year when greg roman is probably gone and i just want to make sure that this isn't a a flash in the pan but i mean right now it's hard i mean he's making all the throws he's being accurate on you know he's being incredibly efficient when he passes the ball and when he runs the ball he's you know unprecedented from that position i mean we all grew up on Mike Vick, and you know he's that. He, he's a little bit. He's a little bit silkier. He's like a little cat. He's kind of like your little kitty upstairs. Maybe just the way that it's just you. You think that it's just unbelievable watching him. It's so fun to watch. But I do just got to see 
you know, a little bit more of a sustained, uh, you know, presence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've said it like oh, many times before, the media loves to anoint, mm -hmm. you know, and anoint gods. Well, we and, anoint these, you know. And the fact that people now are, are like, it's Lamar or Mahomes. People are saying that. And I just don't, you know. Yeah. Mahomes is playing at an MVP level. His his knee injury kind of knocked him out a little bit, but this is a guy who's who's throwing for 400 yards and, and multiple TDs a game. I you always I think have to take that. Um, like you were saying, Clef, this, those are the type of quarterbacks that really can transcend scheme. And Lamar's a guy who's a little bit more scheme dependent, I think, right now. Let's move on to Browns and Steelers. Two weeks removed from the from the melee. Yes, sir. And uh, these are five and six Browns, six and five Steelers. Boot game. Could could be. Uh, this is the boot game. The Steelers give the Browns a boot. It's over. <laughs> Season's over. Right? They're climbing on the division ladder. The Browns, the Browns are a few rungs below the Steelers, and and you see Mike Tomlin turn down and look at uh, Freddie Kitchens, and he. <laughs> kicks, he kicks him right off the ladder. Get out of here, fat boy. That's yeah. He, 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 Tomlin gives him the boot. Um, I'll start this one off because I kind of hijacked that intro. But uh, yeah, man, um, I love the Steelers. I love the Steelers, man. Uh, I think Duck is back. Duck is back. They find ways to win. I love seeing one James Washington man up. On BW Web and say, "Hey, I'm 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 gonna take this to the house. I'm gonna take this one for six. And then I also love seeing that man D. Bush, dude. Watching Devin Bush play football, I get joy out of out of very few things above watching Devin Bush play football. Made a great tackle on Joe Mixon. Turns around, covers Tyler Boyd in coverage. Gets beat by a step. Tyler Boyd catches it. Devin Bush waits for him to make a football move with the ball and then punches the ball out. Minka recovers it and it seals the game." Um, I got hyped over it. Love seeing Duck come in. I think that the Steelers are going to make a point to win this game at home. Two weeks ago, obviously, all of us were on the Steelers in Cleveland. The game didn't go their way. A lot of things didn't go their way. They, you know, uh, nothing really was going right for them. Um, I think they get Connor and Smith-Schuster back this week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I think that'll definitely help. But I think the Steelers team is... Uh, is poised and ready to go, and they're they're not an easy team to beat at home this week, and it should be a good matchup. But but I'm on my guys. No, I'm good. You're good. Well, uh, I mean, this come our Lee, our bet of uh, Steelers season wins, our, our the live bet that we made back in what was that week week ten or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, it was after the indie game. Yep, it really I think kind of comes is going to come down to this. I think to to a certain extent. I mean, um, I. <laughs> You know, the fact that, that Duck is in gives me pause, and I think definitely was the right move from the Steelers coaching staff to, to insert a guy. Did you, hear, did you hear Tomlin's quote about it? No. When I asked he about hasn't, he, he hasn't, hasn't killed, killed us. us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's so true, man. I mean, Mason, this is a team, I mean, that, that game, the first game against Cleveland, I think was a perfect example where the Steelers defense played incredibly well and kept them you know, really outplayed, made the Steelers uh, the clear, I think, just made them played well enough for them to deserve the game. Um, you know, that that's good for what it is. And and Mason just cannot execute in that offense and just is a turnover machine really. And I think the the steady, maybe cons more conservative present of presence of Duck, I think will do wonders for this offense. Relative wonders. I mean this isn't gonna be a world beating offense, but this is just gonna be a team that should get a little bit better with the way that their defense is playing and, and maybe a quarterback who 
they're going to be punting the ball a little bit more than, than throwing just awful interceptions. But that being said, uh, I got to go with the Browns, man. <laughs> um, I think that this team is hitting a little bit of a, of a stride. Obviously, they're not the – I'm not seeing – what what I thought I was gonna see right back where you belong, baby. Uh, right back Tommy Chalk, boy. Right back where not, you belong, baby. Get not, on them Browns. They're not. Uh, you know, this isn't the team that I thought I'd be seeing preseason. But I think Baker is playing a little bit better. This offense is starting to figure some things out. I think the addition of Kareem Hunt to this lineup has been really good for them. As you know, replacing Hilliard as that third down change of pace back, uh, it kind of expands the playbook a little bit. I don't have uh, you know a ton of confidence in this, but it just basically comes down to me kind of taking uh, the, the the better offense potentially, and I, and I think the Browns. I mean, I think both of these teams really want to beat each other after what happened two weeks ago, but um, I, I think the Browns might want it a little bit more, and, and yeah. that's that's for sure bias. But I, I'm going to be rolling with the Browns. Maybe. Browns haven't won uh, this, two games against the Steelers in a season since 1999, 2000. It's the last. That's the last time mm. the Browns won two games against the Steelers. Two and a half point favorites. We ain't making history. We ain't making history this year. Uh, Steelers, man, lo- I can't wait for this game. Very excited for it. Kind of reminded me a little bit of like a college matchup. Mm-hmm. This rivalry week we got. Yeah. Um, should be should be a great game. Go Bucks. <laughs> what's your pick, Clyde? Ohio State. What? No, no. What's your what's your pick for this game? Oh, Steelers. Come Steelers. On. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Um. Eagles going to the Dolphins. I think the Eagles are going to go on a little bit of a run these next few weeks. I think they're probably a fraudulent team. But once I was watching some some baldy breakdowns on on Twitter, and he was uh, showing, or I knew it was Dan Orlovsky too, showing how a lot of the issues on the offense is just the receivers not really understanding the offense so well, and they're you know Wentz is expecting them to be in different spots, and and they're not going, and they're not making it to those spots on time, and. There was like one play, I can't remember who the receiver was, but they were it was third and five and they were trying to run a six yard hitch to get the first down and he runs like eight yards. Yeah. And the ball, you know, if you're watching on the broadcast, looks like Wentz throws it low and away, but it's you know, it's his the receiver he's expecting around. the receiver to to plan himself at the first down marker. So I think there's some issues going on in, in Philly that run deeper than Wentz. Has he had a great season? No. But this team should get some wins. I think they play like the Dolphins or Redskins and I, I don't know. I Dolphins, Giants twice. Yeah, Redskins yeah. Cowboys, so, so. I, I think they're going to pick up some wins down the stretch here and, and put some heat on the Cowboys, but give me the Eagles. Yeah, I'm with you. Not much more to say. I think this is a really good opportunity, like you said, with the uh, issues club for the Eagles to regroup a little bit. I know the Dolphins aren't. No team is really a, like a shoe-in in the NFL, but the Dolphins are a team where, you know, you go down, get catch some Miami Rays. You know, you've been in Philly. It's cold. Go down, you know, win win the game, get back on track a little bit, and start planning for the divisional gauntlet you have on your remaining schedule. Um, because if you can, you know, make the most of it, you're a playoff team. Um, so, Eagles not not out quite yet, and I don't think they're going to ruin their chances in Miami. Yeah, I, I got to roll with both of you guys on the Eagles. I, I definitely think I could see them, you know, really winning every game, but potentially the Cowboys game. They, they should win all those games because they're better than these teams. And yeah, I, I think this is a perfect opportunity, like you said, Lee, for, for not only these receivers to get back on track, but Carson Wentz as well. This is a, a Dolphins secondary that is, is overperforming really at, at, a, at a lower level. They don't have a lot on paper outside of Xavier Howard, but they still are getting production out of guys like uh, that undrafted number 40, Needham. I like him. He's a, he's a, he's a junkyard dog. Um, and, th- yeah, this, is just, this should be a game where uh, Philly can finally, like the Buffalo game kind of, where they – 
they're, this is a team that they're better than on paper. Um, Doug Peterson, I, I want a bounce back game from him as a coach. And this Philly secondary as well, too, going up against Brian Fitzpatrick. He's a guy who you know is going to make those big-time throws, but uh, you know, high turnover-worthy uh, plays. And this is a, a, a matchup that I think is mouth-watering on both sides of the ball for Philly. The Redskins are going to play the Panthers. Panthers kind of lost their chance at any sort of NFC playoff hopes last week with that loss in New Orleans. They're still, you know, a, a pretty good team overall, especially with what they've had to deal with this year and starting Kyle Allen. And the Redskins are just a, a horrible, horrible team. So I'm, I'm going to pick the Panthers at home in a, in a pretty inconsequential game. Yeah, I'm with you. Not much to say. Um, need the ball, Hasman. Just need, just take the kneel and then go take the selfie. I have an issue with it. Yeah, I do. I do have an issue with it. You don't do that during the game. It's all. Panthers. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Panthers as well. Um, yeah, well, to, to do that, like, before, you, I, I haven't really thought about this a lot. And, to, and now that I just, you brought it up, to do that before you go out and, like, shake hands with the other team, like, yeah. that's when you know the game is, like, you sit on the sideline until you, you know, yeah. you don't even have to shake hands with anybody. You can just walk. Like, they don't, in NFL, yeah. you don't line up. You can just yeah. walk through the, through the crowd and then go, you know, take yeah, your, yeah. take your victory lap. Gruden does, does it. Gruden does it almost every time. Yeah, yeah he goes in. The, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, especially to the fact that Haskins did played pretty poorly in that game. I thought, especially as a guy who, who's who's got Terry McLaurin on my fantasy team. This he airmailed a couple to, and Kelvin yeah. Harmon as well. There, he missed a touchdown to uh, McLaurin. He missed a couple first downs, to McLaurin. I mean, Haskins isn't playing at a high level, and to see him kind of. He just has this arrogance about him that is with the fact that he hasn't played as well as I, at least I thought he was going to. And this is a guy who at Ohio State I thought was like more ready for the NFL because especially that Michigan game last last year, they kind of were running an NFL offense, uh, you know, getting the ball quick out of his hands against that Michigan defense. And I thought that we'd be able to see that a little bit, that type of play uh, transcend in the NFL, and it really hasn't. So I, I'm with you, Lee. I, I, I do take issue with that as well. Um, obviously, he's a young kid. It's with... just the Redskins, man. Everything I know that, that that wouldn't happen. You could you imagine Haskins, you know, falls to the Patriots or something, and they take yeah. him and they're playing him in some game, and he that that doesn't happen with teams that are well run. Yeah, you don't. I don't care if it's your first win as a rookie quarterback and you're 21 years old. You don't do it. It doesn't happen. You you your coaches coach you out of doing stuff like that, and your teammates uh, support you in a way that. That 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 leads you lead you to not need to do stuff like that. So um, we don't need to hang on. I think the next two games we can kind of speed round a little bit. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm with I'm, the Panthers. Yeah, I'm on the Panthers as well. Um, let's let's move on, eh? Yeah, let's 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 fly through these next two. Packers at Giants. Picking the Packers here, even after they got kind of embarrassed. I think there's just interesting fraud level stuff going on with, with the Packers. With the two things hanging in my mind is you know the L.A. Chargers game where. They were like late getting to the stadium because of the daylight, daylight savings, savings and going to Nobu the night before. And and uh, the Giants are also just an absolutely terrible team. And the, the, the shine is off of Daniel Jones, officially. Yeah. The the preseason Danny Dimes stuff is is done. I just, uh, he doesn't, he's not that good. I, I don't really know what, what to say. He, he did, to his credit, make a, a 97-yard drive against the Bears' defense to bring them within one score and got the ball back and moved them a little bit down the field. It was another you know long field to, to play against. So 
But and, and they're dealing with a kicker situation. If their kicker makes those field goals too in, in Chicago, it was going to be a much closer game there at the end. But I, overall, I just haven't seen a lot from from Daniel Jones that suggests that he's going to be very, a very good player. I will say I don't. I've never believed in the Pat Shermer hire as long as he's you know I've, since we've been doing the podcast, he's been you know in Minnesota doing his thing, and he's gotten hired by New York, and I've never really believed in that in that decision to hire him. So. You never know, and they, it's not like they don't have very good weapons. They have Saquon, they have Golden Tate, they have Sterling Shepard, they have Evan Ingram, who is injured right now, and Darius Slayton isn't that bad of a player right not now. He's, he's made some plays this year, so I've been overall disappointed with, with Daniel Jones, especially after what he showed in, in the preseason. I just think once defenses started coming after him a little bit and showing different looks, that uh, it, it got bad. So I'm, I'm going with the Packers here, you know, despite kind of two road games and them having some issues overall on their side of the ball. Yeah, big spot for the Packers to kind of rebound a little bit. Um, I'm with you on the Jones stuff. Never been a huge fan of his. Um, don't think that he's really anything special. College coach in college, though. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think they just put Eli in, the, in some future box, and they and they made him 22. Uh, and now he's just back. He's just back in 22, and, you know, sometimes you're going to get some exciting wins, but if you don't get two Super Bowls out of it, it will not be worth Worth the pick. So, um, I uh, yeah, I'm going with the Packers here. Uh, I like the Giants to put up, you know, I'll say uh, some light prophecy. Giants score two touchdowns plus. I like the Giants to put up some points, but I don't think that uh, the, they're going to, you know, really be in this game. I, I like the Packers, you know, like 35 to 17. Yeah, I'm with you guys as well. Um, the Packers, I think they're the, – the, the claims of them being potentially fraudulent, I think, are, are, are valid, man. Uh this is a team that, you know, if Aaron Rodgers isn't going to – I mean, the, the 49ers are, are one of the truly elite teams in the NFL right now. And But even that being said, the fact But off that, the bye, too. Yeah, off the bye. Off the bye and the fact that uh, their offense really wasn't able to, to do anything. They were completely just neutralized. Um, I think LaFleur – we're seeing some, some of the shortcomings of LaFleur, some of the shortcomings of a, a rookie head coach who – this is his first go around, and um, and Aaron Rodgers just simply hasn't really been able to transcend a lot of these kind of negative factors that are working in his way. I like Zadarius Smith to get two sacks in this game. I've been I've been pretty on with my with my guys getting two sacks uh, in a game this year, and, and I like Zadarius Smith to get one and maybe a forced fumble too. That's another thing about Daniel Jones; he's been really yeah. poor with the fumbles, man. Just a lot of fumbles. Uh, yeah, I, I completely echo the statements you were saying. I, Supposedly now the, the Giants are, are eyeing Jason Garrett if he's canned in, in Dallas. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but speaking of when we were talking about the Redskins, another organization that just really, I think, seems to be in tatters with, with Gettleman at the helm. Um, yeah, the Packers need to get back on the, the winning side of things, and, and I think this is a good opportunity against a team that is, is really playing, really underperforming. The Bucks and the Jags are, are going at it in Duval. And Gardner Minshew not starting, right? Still, uh, still on the bench. Can probably make an argument that they would uh, be in the running of things, perhaps if he was uh, if he was the starting quarterback. The Foles experiment has really gone quite downhill. People are really turning against him too, uh, just in the Jacksonville media and the the various uh, Twitter accounts that I've seen are, are getting pissed at him, and it is seemingly lackadaisical uh, approach to things and. I don't know. I think I think the Jags are in, in a really tough spot because you kind of expected, okay, we're going to bring in a guy that's going to be better than Bortles, and this team will just pick up where it left off. But I think it just shows in the NFL, it's like 
every year is different. You kind of have to catch lightning in a bottle a little bit if you're not a team like New England. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to pick the Bucks here going up against uh, the Jags purely because it's Foles. And I don't think it, it being in Jacksonville matters very much, if at all. So give me the Bucks. Yeah, I'm with the Bucks too. I hate I hate picking against the Bucks and then them winning. Just that feeling of me, I just feel like I betrayed them a little bit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Bucks here. I think this is a fairly even matchup. This is a game that the Jaguars absolutely cannot lose if they want to stay in any conversation whatsoever. Um, and uh, I think they're gonna lose it. I think the the Buccaneers. I, I think the Buccaneers just. Uh, they throttle people, man. Like top, top five offense. Top, like out. you see that Atlanta game where Jameis throws two picks in the first quarter. I think. Yeah. You know, one of them was tipped, and you're like, "Whoa!" And then all of a sudden, they're he's he's just striking the ball down the field to Chris Godwin, and uh, that was a ridiculous throw. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a shame that you know Jameis has the the variance in his play that he has because if he could just compose his abilities. Um, and, and throw, you know, throw 15 picks in a season. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. fine. Throw 15 picks. That's one but, game, basically. But, but, but 20, you know, 21, 23, yeah. 25, whatever the heck it is. Plus however many fumbles. Yeah. 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 You want to be a gunslinger, be a gunslinger, but you're putting up unprecedented turnover numbers that cannot be accepted as a starting quarterback in the NFL, and that needs to change. I do think the Bucks are going to keep them around. I do, too. Um, but I'm picking the Bucks in this game in, in Jacksonville. Yeah, we're all on the Bucks. Um, they just, I mean, this is kind of what I saw last week against the Falcons. This is just a Bucks team that's going to score on you, kind of no matter what. And the the Jaguars' offense, I think, and the, and the Bucks' defense, for what it's worth, they, they they're pretty good against the run. Leonard Fournette kind of is the identity of that Jaguars' offense. And their secondary, I think, is kind of improving under Todd Bowles. Really young, a lot of a lot of you know random second rounders that that you know. Famously, Clep, you know, we never ever read on them. You never, you never know when you're throwing darts at, at corners in the second round. And guys like, you know, Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunton, these, these guys are young and, you know, playing, playing big minutes. But, yeah, I got to roll with the Bucks just because of that offense, man. I mean, Jameis is going to throw one or two picks, maybe a pick six, but he's going to throw for 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. Ronald Jones is really having a nice year this year after, you know, just being he a is. non-factor last year. He is. Um and I agree with you, Lee. I think I think Jameis is going to get the franchise tag and, and get another get another go in Tampa, just because, uh, you know. I mean, maybe they'll fall in love with the quarterback, but I just I just don't think the board's going to line up with them really this year. And, and Jameis, uh, you know, Jameis is throwing touchdowns. I th- he's in he's in the race. I think I think he's at twenty and twenty right now. Twenty touchdowns and twenty picks. So he could be the first guy. I think I saw on Twitter since nineteen eighty three to to lead the NFL in touchdowns and interceptions. So. <laughs> That'll be quite the uh, the sabermetric stat, but I gotta go with the Bucks as well. They're dogs in this game, one point dogs. So risky survivor from all of us, maybe. Eh? I don't do risky survivors if it's one point, bro. <laughs> Next game, risky survivor. R- risky survivors, you gotta you gotta get at least three. All right, well, then I'll, we'll, I'll save it for the next game. Right? Rams are going to Arizona, and the Rams, man, they're coming off two straight weeks where they've really, really struggled. Obviously, they were able to beat the Bears, but that was a game where they played terribly. They tried to do everything to give that one away. Last week, they just get embarrassed at home uh, against the Ravens, and this team is just a team that doesn't have a lot of mojo right now, and I think the Cardinals, they're just a, they're not an easy out, um, and I, I don't know exactly who to pick in this one, but I'm, I'm, leaning, I'm leaning Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, man. I made my prophecy, and uh, I was I felt sick after the Cardinals blew that 16-0 lead to San Francisco. I really thought they had that game. 
Um, couldn't close it out. You know, the Cardinals, I've, I'm like a broken record with this team. If they could learn how to close out games and convert a little bit to a little bit higher of a percentage in the red zone, this is, could be a, possibly a playoff team this year. Um, I think that the future is very bright. Uh, I like them. I like them against the Rams. I'm, I'm sticking by my prophecy. I still think they can pick off the Rams and maybe get one win against Seattle, dare I say it, uh, down the stretch. You know, Seattle always struggles in those week 16, 17 games against Arizona. I would know because of my Survivor. Uh, when I went to week 17 in Survivor and made it all the way and, and lost on picking the Seahawks to beat the Cardinals, uh, I think it was two years ago. So I know I know that. Was that the all Drew Stanton all too game? Well. Was it yeah. the Drew Stanton-David Johnson game? Yeah, I, well, it was. <laughs> where he was waving them down the sideline? I think no, I think it was 1917 was the final score. Something like the, that, the Cardinals, yeah. Or, yeah. So that was brutal, but... Uh, but yeah, I like the Cardinals in this one, man. To to you know protect the home field and the Rams season's over, dude. They they're they're not uh, even if they win this game, they're not. Yeah. They're in, the yeah, spot. they're in draft season except they don't have any picks. So they, yeah, they have no, they have no picks. Uh, and I mean, let's all be on Cardinals Island, risky survivor. They're they're three point dogs. Lee, that qualifies um, at home. This offense, I think, is humming. Kyler's playing is is being really impressive. You don't uh, tell me who my risky survivor. <laughs> I'll say when I have a risky survivor. <laughs> The Cardinals are humming, man. Kyler's playing great. This offense, uh, the, the offensive scheme negates the, the, the really poor offensive line, and even then this, this Rams defense can't really get after it as, as much as they have in years past. Um, Jalen Ramsey has, you know, despite having all the talent in the world, has proven to be a bit of a front runner. And I think we saw that in that Baltimore game. I don't know if you guys saw that clip of Mark Ingram. Did you guys yeah. see that? Of, of Jalen Ramsey kind of like literally just not tackling Mark Ingram and running with him for – for ten, about yeah. and just making sure if, if he's he you know if he broke through four tackles then I, I might make a you know a tackle on him but uh, the the Rams just are are trending in the wrong direction awful trade awful trade awful really trade. bad trade I mean and and you know we'll just touch on that I, real quick I yeah. I mean I I never I'm always kind of against trading a you know a player of of Jalen Ramsey's caliber so I kind of was like oh that's not really a good trade for the Jaguars because I I mean maybe maybe they never could have resigned them but I always think that's kind of the best outcome. But then you look at the Rams, who have now just hemorrhaged their future for a guy that they're going to have to pay this this offseason too. I mean, they can't. And he has a ton of leverage. A ton of oh, yeah. We've been talking about it. The same leverage that Tunsil and and Clowney kind of have too. So he's going to take advantage of that. Oh, and and as he should. You know, you don't you don't give away that much draft capital for. I don't care how good anyone is. You can't take a personality like that. I I don't think. I think Jalen Ramsey has kind of proven that he's 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 loony. He's nuts. He's like a. he, you know, calling people out and, and, and creating turmoil. And Crying on the Lions sideline. There, there, was yeah, all, yeah, there was always something in Jacksonville, and now it seems it's like, yeah, no one's Bringing saying... Bringing the Brinks truck, stepping out of yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No like, one's saying you're not a good player. No one's saying, you know, like, like he's a stud, but it's just, like, too much. And you know what? He can suffer in L.A. with, you know, with Jared Goff as his quarterback for the next few years. Yeah, I just wanted to bring it up, Lee. New Year's Eve 2017, yep. Cardinals 26-24. Yep, that's, that was it right there. That was it. That was it. That was <laughs> I will say, it didn't sting as bad because I, it was just an R entry. It wasn't a 100K entry, so I wouldn't have won anything. Which would have, That might have been worse. That might have been a, a John Gooch scenario Ooh, worse. Where, <laughs> yeah. where you, you go 17 weeks straight and get zero reward for it. <laughs> but but uh, it would have been nice to have under the belt, though. It would be, yeah. Uh, the Raiders are going to Kansas City, and this is a game where I could have been Looking to make this my risky survivor had the Raiders got not gotten absolutely embarrassed 
by the Jets in a game that did you call that one last yeah, week? I yeah, the Jets. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. Lee was Lee was on the Jets. There was a lot of warning signs uh, displayed to me, but I was riding the Raiders, and man, that was a really tough performance. Not really sure what got into them if they just overlooked the Jets or just that trip took a took a toll on them. But I can't I can't pick them after that, and so I'm on the Chiefs. Yeah, I. I'm I'm with you guys. I mean, I I was on the Jets last week too, and I think you know the travel was obviously part of it. Maybe them potentially overlooking the Jets a little bit of it, and also the fact that they're going up against the Chiefs. Uh, I think that was this that was a prime trap game because of they might be looking ahead a little bit to go into Arrowhead next week. Um, the Raiders are ten point dogs. I kind of like them to cover that, but the Chiefs just you know the Chiefs are the Chiefs, man. I mean, their offense is going to produce, and their defense, if Patrick Mahomes is playing, is going to be one of the worst units in the NFL. So I think this is a a matchup that you know. Lines up kind of favorable for the Raiders' offense. I think they can they can put up points on, on the Chiefs' defense. I think Josh Jacobs should have a, a bounce-back game after playing pretty poorly against the Jets. Uh, but ultimately, I just think on the other side of the ball, the Raiders' defense has been vastly overperforming all year. Their secondary is pretty weak. Trayvon Mullen is their, is their best corner. You know, he's a rookie. Um, and, and this, you know, spells a, a, a big session of, of the boys eating down in Kansas City. Yeah, I don't think KC is losing this game, uh, and I would say the main factor is because they're off the bye. Um, I think I said it in our episode last week, Clep. The Vikings and the Chiefs are two teams that were in desperate need of a bye. Hadn't got one all year. Uh, obviously had the had the later buys, and I think that they're really both these teams are going to take advantage of the bye they just had. Um, so I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs to possibly cover at home um, against Oakland. I think they're going to just kind of handle them. The Chargers and the Broncos on the other end of this AFC West Bowl going on in, in the league this week. It is the gutter bowl, though, of the AFC West. Both of these teams way out of contention. I'm taking the Chargers, but maybe Drew Locke might start. So Drew Locke starts. I will be watching this game. Take out the second mortgage. I'll be watching play it on the Chargers. Game. Yeah, if Drew Locke is announced as the starter, I would refinance. Uh, I might, ha- I might, I might have to add an NFL game to the weekly five for the first time in weekly five history. <laughs> Just toss in a little NFL play. Um, yeah, I'm on the Chargers. Uh, club, I know they pretty much are out of contention, but not technically. I guess if they win yeah. out, you know, there's always that. Um, I, I just hope Anthony Lynn can save his job um, because I think that if the Chargers spiral down to a six or seven win season, that he's going to be the first one to go. So uh, I, I like the Chargers in Denver. The Broncos, man, I mean, they really haven't found, besides that Cleveland game where they, you know, against all odds, at least in my opinion, I thought that Cleveland was a – that was my survivor. That was yeah, my uh, – yeah. I got bounced in survivor on that game because I thought Brandon Allen was going to play like Brandon Allen, and apparently he started doing that after that game. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't think the Broncos have a viable uh, option at quarterback. And I think the Chargers are – even if they're out of contention for the most part, they're pissed, man. They're playing angry, and uh, Phil, Phil still wants to win. So there, there's some competitors on that team. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers, just what a disappointing year. Phil has, has clearly regressed, uh, much to my chagrin, and, and this offensive line, you know, has, has, is, is a bad unit, and mixed with Phil's mobility, just makes him look even worse. I do believe Jerwin James is returning for this game, making a season debut, um, which, you know, I'm very interested to see, you know, how that changes the dynamic of this team. He was a clear X factor, I think, last year. Um, and then on the Broncos' side of things, uh, this is a Broncos team that I think is, is a little frisky. I think their defense has progressively gotten better. I thought once they lost Bradley Chubb, this was a unit that was going to be you know, progressively getting worse. But they're getting good play out of their secondary. Justin Simmons is having a really good year. I mentioned it on, on last week's pod. And Kareem Jackson has been a, a nice piece as well. Um, 
I, I guess I'm not as confident in the charges as maybe you guys are. I guess if, if Drew Locke played, that definitely would be a, a big advantage, I think, for the Chargers. But going to mile high with a team that's not, you know, a mediocre team like the Chargers right now, I just can't, I don't have a, a lot of faith in them to win, but they are the better team, so I got to go with them in the end. But uh, this is a game that I really have no interest in. Let's get to these big, two big primetime matchups. A lot of uh, just awesome NFL games this week, and continues with the Patriots going to Houston on Sunday night. I'm still going to roll with the Patriots, but again, I'm just going to say I love how this game is in Houston. makes it a little bit more interesting. Whenever they put these primetime games in New England, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, God. Um, but uh, I'm going to roll with roll with the Patriots here. But again, the Texans have a chance to make this one close, and Deshaun and Tom Brady have that great battle when uh, Watson was a rookie, I believe. Yep. And uh, it's going to be awesome to see a rematch of that. And again, like we were saying with that, Colts Titans game. I mean, that's a big matchup for them because they're more than likely going to lose this week to New England. I feel like in Houston, I'll be see. It'll be interesting to see what you guys say, but this would be although just how it was for the Cowboys last week. If you can beat the Patriots, it's a huge statement win for for a team like Houston. So yeah, um, give me the Texans, man. I, Woo, I like Houston wow. at home in this game. Yeah, I think that uh, the Patriots. Uh, I'm not going to say historically because just over my you know the since. People forget, Houston was the original Patriots kind of team. They were the original. They hired Bill O'Brien. They brought in Romeo Cornell. Like, they have Patriots roots um, in Houston, and they have a lot of them. And the Patriots have had Houston's number, but in some very close games over the past few years, whether it was the the Watson rookie game or the Brissett game on Thursday night, um, the Patriots have, have, have handled them for the most part. I think the Texans finally get a little bit of revenge, and I'm going to put this game squarely on Deshaun. I think – after the the outing he had against Baltimore, um, you know, two weeks ago, and uh, and then bouncing back, going to Indy and winning a game there, I think that he's gonna he's gonna make that statement. And this isn't the Cowboys that the Patriots are playing. This is a team that has a more capable quarterback, I think, and more capable of being elite. And I think Deshaun Watson's gonna uh, for the first time this year, maybe not tear the Patriots defense up, but. Give them, give them some fits, and, and I think the Texans come home with a W. Yeah, it's going to have to fall on Deshaun because... Risky Survivor? It's better uh, yeah, be. that's, my better risky, be. that's my Risky Survivor. Uh, it's going to have to fall on Deshaun uh, because this is a Texans team that I think is hitting a little bit of a lull. Uh, Bill O'Brien continues to be one of you know the more mediocre coaches in the NFL, and this defense is, is not very good. So, And to, from the Patriots' angle, the, the Patriots' defense is, you know, it is... Playing, you know, is historically great, I guess, right now. Uh, statistically, they're one of the better defenses in NFL history. They're playing at a great level. Stephon Gilmore, I think, is might, might be the, the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year right now. Um, and, I, and I really want to see this Patriots offense get back on track. They've been pretty anemic the past couple weeks. I think this is a, a, a juicy matchup with them in a, in a Texan secondary that I think is, is pretty poor. Uh, they they do, I mean, without J.J. Watt, my guy Charles Amenahue is getting after it a little bit, but they just don't have a lot of transcending talent on defense. And They've been picking up the scraps a little bit between Conley and Hargraves, the Texans yep. kind of brought in like... Well, they have no draft picks, so they're yeah, just... Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying those are two guys that were like yeah. busts. They were just first-round draft quote. picks who yeah. really didn't pan out as as cornerbacks that are now have landed on Houston. Yeah. I mean, they had one of their own in Kevin Johnson. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. traded him away yeah. to uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty brutal. Um, but yeah, we I can wrap it up, but... Uh, just the Patriots, I think, are, are it's they're too good. You, I mean, Lee, I, I agree with you. It's going to come down to Deshaun, but we saw against Ball. I mean, Baltimore. Obviously, Baltimore's playing at a super high level, but 
I think this team is starting to struggle. Um, and Deshaun, I think, is starting to struggle a little bit to to really, you know, I, I guess put it all together. He did play pretty bad against the Ravens, so this could be a, a nice bounce back spot for him. But, uh, you know, and I guess the Colts too. But um, I got to go. I thought he Patriots. played pretty well against the Colts. No, I, I meant the Ravens. That was my, yeah. that was my fault. But uh, I got to go Patriots. And the last game of the slate, Vikings going to Seattle. This is another just awesome game. Two, the two teams currently situated in those wild card spots in the NFC. I'm going to go with Seattle just because they're at home. I think I would still maybe roll with Seattle if they were in Minnesota. I just believe in Russell Wilson a little bit more than what's going on with, with Kirk Cousins. But that's not to take anything away from Kirk because he's been playing really well in the last few weeks ever since he was getting criticized a lot after that Chicago game. So it'll just be interesting one to watch to see if the Vikings can, can really travel uh, up to Seattle and, and give them a game. And the, the Seahawks are, are pretty rust centric. So it kind of all falls on him to, to make it happen. But I mean, that's why they paid him all that money. So uh, I like the Seahawks here. Yeah. Do we know if Clowney will be back for this game? I don't know, but Ziggy got a one and a half sacks last week. So, I can, I can Google it. Um, I'm going to take the Vikings here uh, off the bye. Um, I think this is a huge statement win for them to kind of assert themselves as an NFC uh, playoff team and still contending for the NFC North. You know, a few more things go their way and they can get a bye in the first round of the playoffs. I know that they very well know that and still are playing for that. And uh, as much as I love Seattle, I picked them to go to the playoffs. I still think they're going to go to the playoffs, but I did not like what I saw last week um, in Philadelphia. I know that was kind of an ugly, cold game, but. Uh, I think the Seahawks, you know, I, I think they could use a loss at home to kind of wake them up a little bit and, uh, you know, get get the get the fires uh, the, the fire burning underneath them. Um, so I think the Vikings come off the bye, run the ball effectively, and Kirk gets another uh, another road primetime win under his belt. Yeah, I mean, your analysis kind of is why I'm I'm gonna lean with the Seahawks ultimately. I think you know going up against that Eagles defense that I thought Russ would kind of tear apart. Um, that was an ugly game, and that was a game that was Russ's first real hiccup, man. And I don't really expect him to uh, for that to continue. We were talking about it in the group chat a little bit. I was making my case saying that um, not only the Packers are a bit fraudulent, but I think the Vikings are too. And, and especially for me, it comes down to that defense. I think that Vikings defense just really isn't um, – they're, they're, they're not the same defense they, they have been in, in the past couple of years past. And – the, the offense, while Dalvin Cook is playing really great, it still comes down to Kirk Cousins, who, Clep, you mentioned it. He's playing he's playing better, but I just got to go with the better quarterback on the other side. I like Russ to bounce back. I like both of these teams to put, to put up points, man. The over-unders at 49. I, I, I see this game getting into the 50s. Um, I think it's going to be a great Monday night shootout, but ultimately I got to go with the, the better quarterback and uh, the home team in Seattle. The Vikings have a top-10 defense in the NFL. I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> we can go through their past games. They... They let the Broncos score 20 points on them in the first half. I mean, they and then I, they shut them out in the second half. As they should. As as a so they let them score 20 points in the defense. game. I mean, we can we can go through we can go through their, their their what they've they've let up. 23 to the Vikings, 23 to the Chiefs, 24 to the Cowboys, 30 to the Lions. Okay. I mean, I don't, nine to the Redskins, 10 to the Giants, 20 to the yeah. Eagles, 16 to the Bears, 14 to the Raiders, 12 to the Falcons, and 21 to the Packers. There, you can't name ten defenses that are better than the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, if you if you want to do the airtime, I think I can right now. Ball, I mean, San Francisco is better than them. New England's better than them. Buffalo's better than them. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's better than them. Baltimore. Baltimore, sure, I'll give you Baltimore. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I'll give you Baltimore. Give right me now. Baltimore. That's five. Um, the Bears are better than them. 
Bears have a better defense than them. They do. Come on, Clep. I mean, Log Boy, help me out here. Yeah, I, I mean, sure, fine. I'll sure. give you the Bears when when they're when they're trying. When they when they still have something to play for. Sure, that's six. I still think... got to name four more. On dead air. I'm, I'm thinking hard. <laughs> you you asked for the airtime. I <laughs> told you. Name, name, name. You got the teams in front of you. Who has better? Who you name four more teams? Saints have a better defense than them. I think the Panthers have a better defense than them. Okay, that's a stretch. That's, no. that's, that's such a stretch. No. The Panthers do not have a better defense than them. You say Packers? I mean, I think the Packers. I don't think the Packers. I think the Vikings can rush the passer, and I think they have good. No, you still have three <laughs> spots. They have three more teams. Name three more teams. I mean, the AFC South. I mean, I don't know if I would take any of these, those teams. Okay, so the Vikings have a top tier ten defense in the NFL. If not fine, maybe top twelve. Let's say top twelve. We can settle on that. <laughs> it's still a top twelve defense. They're still gonna. They're still gonna play up to teams like and play to the occasion. It's not like Russ is gonna come I'm out. We're getting here. torn up the past couple weeks. I'm gonna say the Cowboys tore them up. I think the Cowboys didn't tear. They tore the Cowboys up more than the Cowboys tore yeah, them up. That's why I'm not gonna mention the Cowboys defense. I think the defense really isn't an, an elite unit that's gonna transcend anything. Their secondary is bad. I'm saying the defense is bad. I'm saying it's hot. There, you can pass on them. If you can pass the ball like the Seahawks can, they're gonna get torn up. Xavier Woods is not that good. He's a best DK DK touchdown watch. Yeah. Uh-huh.